a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. We are taking your calls and the phone lines are open at 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. We are coming to you today from outside of the Triad Center because we are setting up for the KSL Barbecue Cook-Off this Saturday. Well, today. It's today from noon to six. You want to come out and watch these 40 grill masters compete, and it's going to be fun to watch. And I don't know about you, Ton, but by the time we're done here, my stomach is already grumbling because you can just uh, get a whiff of all those delicious things that are barbecuing over there. I don't know if it's fruit wood or hickory, but it's, you know, we're probably 150 yards away, but I can smell it from here, and it smells good. Yeah, Landscape Supply of Utah is the great sponsor of this event today. And Vince Clark is also on the line with us. Vince, I'm going to keep you on the line here. We have a couple of questions that you can help us answer this sure. morning. Uh, the first one here is, uh, the Tom there is asking if there's an olive tree that can grow in Utah, first of all. Well, northern Utah is just too cold. St. George area, yes. But it's one that you would have to have in a big pot to bring inside uh, to a garage or sh- you know, probably a garage that kept around 40 or 50 degrees and then bring it back outside in hmm. the summer. So, Vince, I guess this person really likes the way the tree looks. It's not just the olives. So they're wondering if there's anything uh-huh. else that you can think of that looks like an olive tree that would grow well here, especially in Pleasant Grove. Yeah, you know, uh, Tom is absolutely correct. Unfortunately, they just don't survive the winter outside <clears throat> excuse me I, I i bought one in i brought one in last fall to do an experiment and i left one in our greenhouse for the winter and it pretty much 98 percent killed over oh. the winter so it has a few little little green leaves on the bottom um willow will excuse me olives have kind of a willow type leaf and so the challenge is I think the challenge is probably is most of the willows that would match the leaf shape are going to get quite large. And so it, the space would probably not be the same. Um, so there, I don't think there really is a tree that's going to match an olive. Hmm. Anything you can think of, Tom? Exactly. I mean, size-wise, there's going to be plenty that would work, but to match yes. the form and the leaf shape, it's that's where right. it becomes a lot more difficult. And if for something that would get that big, a lot of the newer crab apples that get 20 to 25 feet that have persistent fruit or very little fruit would be my suggestion. I don't know if Vince has anything he feels like might be appropriate. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess it depends on where in Pleasant Grove. We've started uh, we've started selling Styrax, which is a Japanese snowbell, and some of those are really nice and have can have some nice forms. But yeah, I, w- I was thinking of the form, not the size of the tree, because olives, when they get old, they can have some really cool gnarly bark, and that's just hard to get on some of the smaller ones. But there there are you're right. There's a lot of good crab apples. Um, I have some. Uh, some weeping cherries, the the snow fountain cherry. Some of those I have are budded, and they have some kind of cool bark on them right now. Um, you just have to kind of look for something. If you're if you're going for trunk and bark interest, you kind of have to just kind of wander the nurseries and see see what's there. All right. Next listener wants to know: Are there rows of Sharon that have a peach color? Ton, you want to start? I peach itself is a tough color in rows of Sharon. You can get pink, but. Mm-hmm. Pinkers, almost not even salmon really with the Rose of Sharon either. Yeah, it's really just kind of shades of pink if you're going to go that route. Any other uh, bush like that or tree like that? It's not a tree. It's a bush, right, uh, that you can think of that has a peach color? Not really. Maybe some of the butterfly <laughs> bush. It would get a little closer, but to get that, the perennials, there are many, but in the bushes, that peachy, orangey, yellowy, it gets really difficult to do. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, next yeah. sister wants to know, is it okay, Ton, to cut off the leaves of bulb flowers, crocuses, tulips, hyacinths before they dry completely? No. it's They at least need to be yellowed, but not while they're still green. If they're still green, you need to let those go so that they have enough energy to produce flowers the next year. Yeah, when they're green and upright, I leave them. When they're yellow and laying on the ground, it's a totally different story, yes. right? And the phone lines are open right now. You can uh, call us at 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. A lot of people planting trees right now. Ton, what is the best way to make sure that the new trees that we're planting are going to be healthy? You know, there's nothing that... Re- that replaces just good, honest tree care. You know, the first few months, and Vince can chime in on this too, I used to be a nursery manager, and the number one thing that killed trees in the first year was overwatering. You know, they'd say, oh, I loved it, and we did this, and you'd pull the tree out of the back of their vehicle, and you'd get water spilled all over your feet. That's a problem. And so, I watered it, right? Yeah, right, you sure did. Yeah. You I, watered you got it. lots of water. I'm like, yes, it did. So I, what I, you know, there's a lot of things that you can sell that are supposed to help the tree, but planting it at the correct depth, you know, you want that graft to be above ground is going to be the most critical and then making sure the soil is moist, but not overly wet. And so Vince, what are you recommending for people when they plant new trees? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right what you said there, Tom. But, uh, so I generally tell people the soil level in the pot should be ground level, no deeper. And in uh, in the clay soils, because again, we're in Draper, it's all clay down here. Uh, we service Bluffdale and Riverton and the, the South and West Jordans a lot. Um, and it's all heavy clay. And so I tell people, if you have to err on depth, err on the side of shallow so that it's not too deep. Uh, once you plant, roots need oxygen and a lot of people don't understand that. And so once you start planting uh, not just trees, but any plant. If you start planting it too deep, especially in a heavy soil, the roots can suffocate, quite frankly. And that's where overwatering is the challenge. You're basically suffocating by drowning 
the trees. So we also recommend scoring the root balls, uh, to, especially when you have uh, most of the containerized plants, they have a lot of turning roots. So we, we suggest scoring the root balls, to not opening it up, but just kind of cutting those on the surface so that the tree can grow out new roots. And then, yeah, and just maintaining correct moisture. That's, that's a challenge. And that's where homeowners really have to educate themselves on their soil and what really is the correct amount. You know, what, if I give it, if I give it, you know, if I water it for 20, 30 minutes, how long is that going to last? And the only way to know is after, after a couple days or three, four days is to, if you have mulch is to move the mulch out of the way, check the soil. You might have to dig down early on to the side of the root ball to see how wet it is to make sure that it's getting enough without being overly watered or soppy, you know, and if you start to smell something putrid, well, then you know that it's getting way too much. Yeah. So in those areas with the clay soil, because that's not just a, a West Draper Riverton thing, but I that's think true. it's Wasatch Front. What trees are you seeing in those areas with the clay soil that are working well? So, uh, a maple that I like a lot is the sycamore maple. I think it's highly underused. Um, and then we've started doing the truncatum maples. Uh, there's there's a whole series of, of the Pacific, Norwegian, Ruby, Crimson Sunsets. Um, and they're a nice medium 30-foot-ish foot tree. Uh, and Golden Rains, Kentucky Coffee Trees, the Oaks. Those work great because then you don't have to water them so much also. You don't have to be so concerned. And we try really hard, at least I do, I really want people to not put their trees in the lawn. To to where there's lawn, uh, keep your trees on the perimeter or, or at least keep them out of the sprinkler so they're not getting so wet. Okay, I got to tell you a funny story, guys. I got a, a tree, an Atlas Blue Cedar for Mother's Day. My husband's planting this tree for me, and it says, make sure that you dig the hole twice the root ball, right? Well, he dug the hole twice the container, which yeah. I'm showing Tom, Uh-oh. was a really huge hole, and it was not oh, an yeah. easy place to dig. And then he pulls the imagine. root ball out, and it was like, you know, maybe... Maybe nine inches. So it was bare, it was bald and burlapped inside the pot. <laughs> it oh, was no. so yeah, you want to make sure you, you pull know, the tree. You know, one thing I will say is It's that, gonna do much better. Think about all Yeah, the good if you have a two hundred dollar tree, you dig a two hundred dollar hole. Well and you go wider, right. not deeper. So well, yeah. anyway, so then that's you right. Know. Yeah, because the your your roots just real quick, your the roots on on any new plant are gonna go horizontal. Right? Uh Roots, they're always going to go horizontal. And so digging the, the hole wide, just kind of a bowl, you're doing a shallow bowl, not a grave, right? Getting those and, and working that soil, that's where you're going to have the most success. It's going to be a very happy tree. That's all I know. It's going to grow very well. Okay. <laughs> With us this morning is... Vince Clark, he's the general manager at Landscape Supply of Utah, joining us. He's a great sponsor of this new event, the KSL Barbecue Cook-Off that we're holding today out here at the Triad Center. So, Vince, you have some specials today that just for this event, but people have to come out to your Draper location to get take advantage of them. Yeah, so we're doing 20% off of fruit trees and roses today through Memorial Day. Just mentioned that you heard us on the radio. Um, and then we're also today giving away a free five-gallon iris just for popping in. 
Now, anybody who has not seen your Facebook page, I hope they go to the Landscape Supply of Utah Facebook page because you have a video on there that just shows someone wandering through the nursery and just the wonderful, I mean, you have a full nursery, just a great uh, amount of plants. We are fully stocked and we have trucks coming in every week. Uh, So, yeah, and things change left and right. I mean, we can bring in 100 plants for one variety and they'll be gone in three, four days. So... It's constant movement. Yeah. And I I love that people can come in and ask you questions because you have all these bulk supply products. They can come ask you how much they need or just really get some good ideas for their own plan. Yes. Uh, we love it when people come in with photos or even a, a little sketch of their yard or their project, and then we can help them, you know, fit the bill. Uh, get what they wanted to get and uh, as long as they have the dimensions we can figure out exactly what they need on the bulk materials and uh, and we deliver all up and down the Wasatch Front Draper to Ogden and south to Payson and Tooele County and and, uh, Summit County. Describe for us some of the bulk materials that you have that you can deliver. We have many many different kinds of decorative rock uh, which are used a lot in Zurich places. A lot of people are doing their park strips and flipping that, and uh, we sell a lot to those people. Uh, we have different soils, so whether it's just green topsoil or we have an enriched topsoil, which we like to do for, for shrub beds, flower beds, and even uh, for people who are putting down new lawn, the enriched topsoil, which has some, some compost in it, uh, actually adds nutrient value for a new lawn. And then uh, our topsoil plus uh, that's primarily for garden be- garden boxes, raised garden boxes, and uh, planters. And that is a ready-to-go soil. So if you're doing a raised garden bed, put that in and plant, and you're ready to go. All right. Landscape Supply of Utah, Draper location, 611 West, 123rd South. You can also find them at landscapesupplyofutah.com. And we'll check back with you. Uh, stay on the line with us, uh, Vince, because we have a couple of tree questions that people want to ask. And we'll be right okay. back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you this morning. We're also joined by Vince Clark, who is the general manager at Landscape Supply of Utah. Uh, Vince is also a certified arborist. So, Vince, I'm going to let you take this next question. Uh, this person says okay. they have a 35-year-old sycamore tree that is not well, a lot of dead branches and sparse leaves. Is there anything that they can do for it? They live in Sandy. They live in Okay, that was my first question. Where do they live? Right. Um, 
you know, it's really hard to say without actually seeing the tree, but um, older sycamores, there is a, there's a disease called, um, what is it, anthracnose? Help me, Tom, anthracnose? Yeah, it's, there's anthracnose, <laughs> and then also there's two different insects that get into it, a, a plant bug, and then also a uh, scale that we're seeing that's just been really problematic in Utah County, at least. Yeah. And so for something that big, also, you know, I don't know what to tell them because it's going to be extremely difficult, if it, especially in thracnose, to treat long term. Right. And I've also seen witch's broom in sycamores. Yeah, that's and that's that. The witch's broom is usually the anthracnose that's killed the yeah. branch back, and then you get a witch's broom at the point it's not growing. And so, I don't know. I, Utah County tried to treat the ones on their county administration building grounds for years, and they finally have just been slowly taking the worst ones out and just replacing them with other trees. Because yeah, there really is no cure for anthracnose. No. And if, with these yeah. wet springs we've been having, that's made it a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's wet while um, they're trying to leaf out. All right. We have just a couple of minutes before the top of the hour news. Let's go back to our phone lines. We have Chris in, Brig- in Bingham Canyon. Chris, what is your question? So I have a, I want to put lilac trees in and use them as a border. And I'm just wondering how narrow can I trim those and still have them bloom? Well, it, the call screen here says two to three feet wide. And that once they're mature, that's going to be way too narrow. And you'll just have a bunch of sticks. Okay. So I um, one that's close that I'm familiar with that might work is called Purple Pillar Rose of Sharon. Okay. And, it, and that will give a privacy screen, and I can... yes, yeah, it'll be okay. pretty. It'll get pretty tall, and it'll be a little wider than that. But it's going to be a lot more feasible to trim it. Vince, did you have any other suggestions for her? Uh, yeah, so for a screen, there's there's tall hedge, uh, tall hedge buckthorn. There's fine line buckthorns. Both of those are nice for a deciduous tree. Those work or shrub. Those work really well. There's also. Uh, Oh, shoot, I'm going to say it, and I'm, I just forgot the word. There's a new privet. A straight talk? That's columnar. Yeah. Thank you, straight talk privet. Yes, that's that's a nice one. That's really nice and dense. The thing with for privacy, I would I don't know if I would fully go with the Rose of Sharon, only because uh, it leaps out a little bit late, and then it's kind of open. It's not as dense as the other two, but it is okay. very pretty, and you, and you get lots of flowers with it. Okay. And so it was Rose of Sharon. Purple pillar. You can't just do Rose of Sharon. It has to be that purple pillar. Okay. And then straight top privet. Yeah, straight top privet. And what was the other one? Fine line buckthorn and tall hedge buckthorn would be the four most likely options. Yeah. And tall hedge. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. I love listening to the show, even though I am just starting... Glad to have you on. 
Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Thanks. We have just a couple seconds here before the top of the hour news. I want to remind folks that we are coming to you this morning from outside of the Triad Center uh, because the KSL Barbecue Cook-Off is going to get underway at noon. It runs noon to 6. Some fun family activities. We'll be back following the top of the hour news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.